This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Longtime cable giant HBO dealing with a bit of a crisis right now. The hack that has taken a wealth of their new content is being held at ransom. And most recently, the hackers say that they have emails from HBO executives as well, some of which were revealed. This is the third major Hollywood company to be hacked in the last three years, including Sony and Netflix. The ransom note said that the hackers had been added for six months to breach HBO's systems, but finally got through. They added that this was their 19th hack and all but three have paid the ransom. But it remains a big issue for Hollywood, where the secrecy of this content is paramount. To discuss this latest attack, we're joined on the phone by Brett Danaher, who's an assistant professor of economics and management science at Chapman University, based out in Orange, California, and by Andrea Matuishin, who's a professor of law and professor of computer science at Northeastern University in Boston, also an affiliate scholar at the Center for Internet and uh, Society at Stanford, and uh, also a senior fellow at uh, of Cyber, Cyber Statecraft Initiative at the Atlantic Council. Brett, Andrea, great to have you with us today. Thanks a lot. Good to be here. Thank you. Uh, Brett, uh, just kind of give us, uh, you being out there in California, what has been the the reaction and and how this has all played out uh, in the last few days? Uh, Yeah, that's a good question. Um, Certainly, people are, I was just running a a conference on entertainment analytics at the end of last week, and certainly people were were talking about this. Um, I think there's been a question of how big the leak is and just how much material uh, has been, was, was, was hacked in the leak. I, I guess for many people, that, and as I mentioned, this is the third time uh, that, that we know of uh, in the last three years that Hollywood uh, or an entity of Hollywood has been hacked like this. Uh, certainly their security is expected to be uh, of a high level. Um, is there something that is amiss, obviously, in their systems right now? I, I think I, I would I would maybe defer that question. My, okay. my expertise is more in the the business cases here rather okay. than the, the, the computer science of it. Andrea. Well, we certainly do seem to have a series of these kinds of breaches of entertainment companies, and it does raise the question for me uh, with respect to their internal security processes and whether they've engaged with robust audit by third parties to help them find the gaps in their own security processes. As of this morning, uh, The Verge is reporting that not only was there content uh, in terms of scripts uh, and emails that were leaked, but also internal network and administrator passwords for HBO. So that signals to me that this could turn into Sony version 2 and that there may be a deeper problem in terms of the structure of um, the internal corporate processes with respect to managing sensitive, intangible assets. Well, when you go back to Sony, I mean, there was an idea that they were, you know, being targeted to a degree. And obviously with HBO, uh, I guess when you're talking, Andrea, about a company this big and with all of the different uh, kind of pieces that they have to their operation, uh, these are, to a degree, somewhat prime targets for a lot of hackers right now. 
Absolutely. And in light of how easy it is to compromise a sensitive network like this through a targeted spear phishing, spear phishing email where a high placed executive might receive an email with a link that could trick the executive into clicking on it and providing administrator credentials to their own email accounts or other databases that they might have, have access to, uh, this becomes uh, a prime target, particularly since attackers would assume that Hollywood types perhaps might not be uh, all that engaged with the state-of-the-art information security defense practices. From the business perspective, Brett, what, what is the impact of, of having these scripts and, the, and these emails out there uh, in, in the public for their consumption? Well, you know, I, I mean, uh, there's kind of two questions there, right? First is the scripts. Um, I think there's a couple reasons that um, HBO probably, I mean, of course they're worried about it, but, you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, in terms of, one, we're not talking about episodes leaked out there. Right. And two, even in cases where we were, a company, you know, like this, this makes me think of the Netflix case where they, they didn't pay the ransom, and it, there's really no evidence that, um you know, even having half of a part of a season of uh, Orange is the New Black leaked in advance really hurt them because of their business model being a bundle. And I think HBO could be in the same position here where, you know, if one or two episodes leak in advance, it's unlikely that that's going to affect subscriptions to HBO. Um, and in this case, we're really just talking about leaks. I think the, my guess is that they would be, in, in this particular instance, they would be much more concerned with, uh, you know, the contents of the emails and any sort of sensitive information that's being released. Well, and, and when it comes right down to it, when you're talking about the shows itself, the consumer still wants to see the show. So I, I don't think it's going to cut back on, on their viewership from that perspective. I'd agree with that. Again, especially since we're talking about scripts here, right? I think if, you know, if we were talking about leaking an entire season of Game of Thrones in advance, I think you could be you could be looking at a much more serious problem for HBO. Uh, I mean, how much do the, do, in the business model of HBO right now? I mean, Game of Thrones is is right up there in terms of uh, of important revenue drivers. Uh, you know, for that for that network right now, it's right there at the top. Correct. That's right. How I mean I mean how much do they how much do they derive do we know uh, you know on an annual basis from what Game, Game of Thrones is bringing them in every year? Yeah, that's that's a that's a great question. Um, I so I would love to isolate that. That's it's too it's very difficult to get the data to do it. But I I I I sort of place it on a spectrum. Um, if we look at something like Orange Is the New Black being hacked on Netflix, I think. There was very little sense that, you know, having that out there for piracy was going to affect their overall value proposition, which was a large bundle of a ton of content. Um, and then, of course, you could look on the other end of the spectrum. If a major blockbuster were to leak in advance, we've got academic researchers that, that, have, that have shown that the earlier that a high-quality leak comes out, the, the more the negative effect it has on revenues due to piracy around the world. So that, then we'd be talking about a situation where there's a very clear, um, you know, cannibalization effect. I think we're talking somewhere in the middle where, you know, there is a bundle, so there's some insulation from, from lost revenues. But at the same time, you're talking about the most prized product in the bundle. So I, I think somewhere in the middle there is, is what we'd be talking about. And, and if memory serves me, I mean, we're still in the midst of of uh, HBO's parent, Time Warner, uh, being involved uh, of trying to do a deal with AT&T as well, correct? I mean, that, I don't know if that's going to impact the, the final deal. Uh, I mean, uh, you did have Verizon Yahoo where it impacted the final price, but the deal still went through. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, 
I don't know. I haven't thought about that yet. Okay. All right. Andrea, uh, in this case, there is also uh, these emails, but when you get into a situation like this, probably the company itself is also worried about uh, the emails of all employees and not just the executives as well. Yes. And in this particular case, according to some reporting, there were personal email addresses of actors um, who are part of the cast of Game of Thrones that were included in this. Um, And because, of course, HBO is is owned by a publicly traded parent, uh, this could ultimately have an influence on share price there and, uh, as you were just referencing, on the um, subsequent deals that would contain these HBO assets as a key component of them. Well, what about the the people uh, that that are subscribers to the network or partners of that? And I don't think we've had any any information released that that says that their data has been compromised in this, Andrea. To to uh, the state of current reporting, what we know based on current reporting uh, has not. There's no indication that subscribers were impacted uh, by by this. Um, that we know of, um, but details are still emerging. Um, and, uh, of course, in key assets of a company such as HBO would uh, be all forms of intangible assets, not only subscriber databases, but uh, the sensitive intellectual property of uh, scripts in the works or um, other uh, internal corporate processes that um, would be considered protected by trade secret um, and other works that would be copyright uh, protected, uh, particularly when a show is um, drawing viewers that, uh, by some estimates, uh, in 2015 approximated a fifth of the entire subscriber base to, to HBO. We're talking about definitely a high stakes kind of situation. And, and the expectation is is that these types of hacks, especially when they have whatever level of success that we're talking about at this point, Andrea, uh, that, that these types of, uh, of attacks will continue to happen. And obviously all entities in, in Hollywood, uh, you know, once you had Sony and then obviously Netflix on top of it, uh, there was obviously a great concern, as you mentioned, with third-party uh, entities, their involvement with these companies, but just the, the corporate structure of their security systems in general so that uh, employees, executives, whatever, are are protected. Yes, exactly. Netflix chose not to pay the ransom and took its lumps in terms of the sensitive information that was released. Uh, But if the attacker's statements are in fact true and that a majority of their targets have paid the ransom, this does not create desirable incentives for stopping these kinds of attacks. In fact, the attackers are going to continue as long as people are willing to pay the ransom. And the strategy here that every entity in a similar circumstance should undertake is a robust analysis of its own security preemptively so that they don't have to deal with a situation such as a ransom demand. Uh, As one of my engineer friends is very fond of saying, uh, a breach strategy does not involve engineers running down the hall screaming. Instead, (laughs) it involves having a process that is rigorously applied proactively before you have any kind of a security problem and to make sure your systems are patched with uh, a vigorous uh, and expeditious 
process with a security team that has adequate resources, with oversight from the C-suite all the way down, so that your whole structure of your company reflects a good culture of security and keeping control of your intangible assets, particularly when they're the crown jewels of your company, such as an entertainment company. You're listening to Knowledge at Wharton here on Sirius XM 111 Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Dan Loney here in our studios in Philadelphia, joined on the phone by Brett Danaher of Chapman University in California, Andrew Matuishan of Boston, or I should say of Northeastern University from Boston. Your comments again at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866 is the number if you'd like to join in. Or if you'd like, send us a comment via Twitter, either at BizRadio111 or my Twitter account, which is at at Dan Loney 21 and let us know if this would impact your viewership of HBO or would this impact your viewership of uh, Game of Thrones if this type of data if you've seen this what impact does this have on you 844-942-7866 is the number if you'd like to join in I guess Brett the the, the number about whether or not these entities are paying ransom or not does become an important uh, piece to the discussion in terms of the overall mindset of, of Hollywood when you're talking about this type of content. And again, you made the distinction. We're not talking about episodes here. We're talking about scripts. Yet still, there is that component of secrecy that a lot of these studios and and broadcast organizations like to keep. Yeah, I think that's, that's absolutely right. Um, I, 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 I definitely think, though, that it, you know, Andrea was just saying, you know, it, it ostensibly, if, if, you know, the pirates say that other, in, in other instances, they have been paid. I wouldn't be at all surprised if, if that were the case. There's instances where companies have paid and that, you know, it just hasn't made the news as a result. Um, if you were to look at, if this happened to a major blockbuster, um, and, you know, you, I, I could, if you told me how many days earlier that movie were going to leak, I could estimate for you about how much it was going to lose in the box office or in DVD sales as a result. Yeah. And those numbers could easily be in the millions or, in some cases, even tens of millions of dollars. Um, so it, it, it wouldn't surprise me to know that, that the demands have been met before if the actual content rather than just scripts have leaked. Well, I mean, if you want to throw an example out there, I mean, obviously a lot of people who are fans of Star Wars know that there is the next uh, piece to the Star Wars uh, trilogy, which is coming out at Christmas time. I, I mean, the impact on that type of film, if it were to be leaked, uh, in advance would be one that would be into the tens of millions of dollars, maybe even hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, I absolutely agree. I, that was the example that was, I was thinking in my own mind as well. Andrea, what, what is the expectation of, of some of these uh, these broadcast entities uh, right now? Uh, I mean, when they hear that another company has been has been hacked like this, this is, again, kind of a signal once again. And we've used this with, uh, with you in our discussions before about the importance of companies to really have their systems checked, double-checked, and, and I would think in some cases triple-checked to make sure that you try and avoid as much as, uh, of this as you can. Exactly. It should be a giant red flashing warning light to any similarly situated company that they need to stop everything and make sure that their systems are, in fact, reflecting the state of the art of security. And perhaps HBO will uh, adopt Netflix's approach of unwillingness to pay the ransom in this case, partially counting on the loyalty of the fan base of Game of Thrones, um, which 
uh, may cause the the dynamic to be a little different from uh, situations where there isn't as loyal uh, a fan base. Um, but uh, this is a yet another a clear warning of uh, the importance of taking proactive steps to ensure that you're not an easy target for attackers of this kind um, to victimize you in avoidable, usually, ways. But from what I understand, Brett, it wasn't just Game of Thrones. Obviously, that's kind of the marquee piece. But there were other entities that uh, that HBO broadcast as well uh, that also had some of their scripts or content released as well, correct? Uh, yeah, that's what I've read as well. And one thing that the reporting has been a little... Um been a little shakier on is whether in those other instances, those less popular shows, if it's in scripts and marketing materials like Game of Thrones, or if there are actually some episodes that were leaked. Uh, I, I don't think I've seen um, authoritative information yet on that. 844-942-7866 is the number if you'd like to join in. We're talking about the hack of HBO and the potential uh, importance of that content getting out. 844-942-7866 is the number. Or if you'd like, send us a comment via Twitter, either at BizRadio111 or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. Uh, the entertainment industry, and, and Brett, if memory serves me, you were talking about meeting with uh, with people that uh, are, are kind of discussing this issue uh, on, on the side beat. What are their commentaries? What is their belief in terms of the problem that is kind of, you know, kind of cropping up here where Hollywood is concerned, especially in the last couple of years? Yeah, um, I mean, I, you know, I... I I certainly talk with a number of uh, the anti-piracy folks um, in, in, in these firms, so that's one segment of, of, of Hollywood that's certainly worried about this. Um, you know, you can you can put all of these measures in place, um, trying to keep leaks from happening from you know DVD screeners that you send out or advanced copies that you're sending out to digital services so they can be made available more quickly. And you, you put all of these, you know, measures in place, and then if your content is compromised in some other way through an internal, uh, you know, an internal hack, it kind of, you know, really kind of destroys a lot of that investment. So it's certainly something that they're that they're that, that the folks that I know are, are talking about now and trying to think about how to plan for. Was as much with with Netflix and what occurred uh, with them. Was it as much more, uh, just as much a PR issue as it was the actual uh, content being released and, and and you know an economic issue where where Netflix was concerned, Brett? Yeah, I, I mean, with, with, I think with 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 Netflix, it really was. We we're talking about a PR issue. Um, again, it's it's hard to imagine that anybody dropped their Netflix subscription as a result of being able to get some of the, you know, episodes of the season in advance. Um, and now in, in a case like this, we don't even necessarily have any episodes being made available. But at the same time, um, th there's a climate here where people are worried about the negative PR. People are worried about, um, you know, how, how, what, is this, what does this do to the overall perception of our brand? Well, and realistically, this, this uh, at least up until now, where HBO is concerned, it's almost like somebody released a spoiler on the Internet of telling him what was going to happen on the show, correct? That's right. <laughs> that, 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 that's a good, a good analogy. 
Uh, Andrea, these types of companies are, are, are so massive. Let's get back into the third-party piece to this for a second because uh, that was a, an issue with Netflix. Obviously, we don't know for certain whether or not there was a, an issue uh, third-party here for, for HBO, but these companies, uh, the focus point on third-party seemingly has to be a greater one than, than we are even seeing right now. Certainly, there can be implications for third parties. In particular, if a company such as an entertainment company has made promises in the contracts that allow licensing of certain content or they have sold marketing rights based on certain promises of exclusivity and availability of those ads at certain times, but other other times there could be possible breaches of contract that may result in suits by those third parties. And also because of the role that advertising and trust in these kinds of third-party relationships plays in market valuation of companies, the big fear, I think, for many publicly traded companies, or um, in the case of HBO, a publicly traded parent, uh, is that as the market starts to increasingly embrace concerns of security, which we're seeing definitely to be the case in other sectors, such as med tech, with the pacemaker yeah. um, concerns that, that happened within the last year. And so Wall Street is starting to ramp up its engagement with security as a factor in valuing companies uh, and their future prospects. If an entertainment company whose model is driven by exclusive provision of content and the advertising revenue that that model generates are potentially threatened, the big picture concern would be that share price would be negatively impact in, impacted in the long term because of those security concerns. So that's the big hanging uh, hanging threat over all of this. How much do you think that, that now that you've had three, at least three, of these types of incidents with, with Hollywood entities, how much could or maybe even should, Andrea, the industry as a whole maybe work together, and maybe they are to a degree, uh, work together to try and you know work as a team to try and eliminate some of these, uh, some of these elements? Well, it would, certainly wouldn't be a bad idea for a summit of sorts in uh, the entertainment industry to get together with a group of people who understand the state of the art of security practices. I think one of the cultural challenges that we see in the entertainment industry in particular is that there has been historically a reliance on subsequent litigation to go after people who are perceived or in reality uh, share or access content uh, in ways that violate um, IP rights. Uh, and so part of what needs to happen is a cultural shift from this uh, after-the-fact punishment litigation model right. as driving deterrence to uh, cracking and stealing content to shift that model in favor of a proactive anticipatory, preventative model to shore up their systems and to put the onus on 
themselves for keeping people out rather than simply going after people Brett, uh, after an attack happens. Brett, does that happen? Or if it doesn't, could it happen? Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that I've been uh, talking with people about, because I've, I've been trying to get the answer to the question of whether or not this was going to change um, major studios and major networks' willingness to work with third parties in the way that they have in the past. Um, you know, obviously, right, a chain is only as strong as its weakest link, right? Um, yeah. And, you know, studios and, and networks, certainly when they think about, you know, just as a way by way of an analogy, when they think about whether to release content earlier in another region or whether to send out screeners and things like that, a part of the conversation is, hey, if, if we do this, we have, do we risk an earlier high-quality leak that we know is going to be damaging to our revenues? So I have to wonder now with – obviously, the attack was, was internal at HBO, but the, the last one was occurred not at Netflix but in a third-party production company, post-production company they worked with. So I have to wonder if they're starting to have the conversation about how much of the work on these things needs to be moved in-house to sort of kind of circle the wagons, uh, which, which could certainly change, you know, start to change the conversation of, way, of the way things are done in Hollywood and have some impacts on some of these third-party firms that have traditionally gotten businesses from business from uh, the networks and uh, studios. Great to have you both with us. Thank you, Brett. Thank you, Andrea. All the best to you today. Thanks. Thanks very much. Thank you. Brett Danaher, who's an assistant professor of economics at uh, Chapman University in Orange, California. Andrew Matwishin from uh, Northeastern University, professor of law and professor of computer science. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.